Welcome to the Ford and Ford podcast. This series is to showcase and profile some of the interesting and wonderful people I have come to know over 20 years of being in financial services. We are a financial planning business that is proud of its personality and believe that this is key to forming long-standing relationships. In this episode, I continue my chat with Jonathan Cook. We talk about horse riding injuries, which if you're a bit squeamish is maybe not for you. He also tells me about his love of drag hunting, a sport where riders follow an artificially laid scent with hounds. Finally, we discuss the Dormansland Horse and Dog Show and the challenges of taking over a local charity event that has been running for over 80 years. Yeah, the worst injury was um, snapping my hamstring top and bottom. And that was, I think, worse than a broken bone. It was like someone had put a machete across the back of my thigh. It was absolute agony. Um, And that was avoidable as well. It was a strange situation. Um, but this was actually drag hunting, so which is the same as trail hunting. So there which was where you drag a scent. Yeah. Yeah, so I've, I've done that 30 odd years and love it. Um, and this particular day, my role was to be what's called a huntsman, which is I'm right at the front, telling the hounds what to do. Um, showing the hounds where to go, etc., and then following them when they've got the scent and they're off at a full cry. So one of the duties is to be at the meet, which is where you just have to stand there and <clears throat> look rather magnificent in your outfit and with these lovely hounds all sort of milling around your horse's feet. So that was all fine. And you also have to do a bit of horn blowing, which I haven't done before. So <laughs> it's all that, you know, when events conspire against you. So number one, the horse I had was magnificent, but he'd only ever been a whipping-in horse, which is the assistant to the huntsman. Why do they call it whipping-in? Because you carry a whip and you whip the hounds. No, you don't. But you, 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 you brandish a whip and you point where to go. So, And you, you, yeah, you keep your, the hounds in, yeah. in a tight huddle uh, when necessary. And one of the times to be in a tight huddle is at the meet. So you've got everybody there stood on this lawn in front of a beautiful farmhouse. So my horse was so an amazing horse and he'd been a whipping in horse for me for about 10, 12 years. And very good at it. I didn't have to ever tell him what to do. He'd see a hound slope off to go and eat sausage rolls or something and he would just go and get the correct side of it and I would then shout at it and go back to where it should be. But he'd never done this standing stock still with all these hounds that shouldn't be anywhere near him, but milling all around him. Yeah. So that's one part of the, the, um, the scene. The other part of the scene was I had gone into the farmhouse to be given an emergency horn blowing lesson <laughs> by the owner of the house, um, who was notorious for plying everyone with as much whiskey or port as you could drink. So I was having half an hour of being rather nervous and tense, wetting my whistle with whiskey, that's vital apparently, I was told in my lesson, <laughs> practicing the horn. <laughs> During the lesson, I'd left somebody else uh, from my yard in charge of getting my horse ready, um, which she dutifully did, so that was good. I, so I came staggering out of the house <laughs> with the horn, clambered onto the horse, went and took up my position in the middle of the field, that was all good. The first rule ever of riding a horse 
in any situation, if you're in a riding school or advanced going to the Olympics, you check that the girth holding the saddle on is tight. That's just drilled into you. Yeah. That's what I forgot to do because I was preoccupied. So <laughs> when one of the lovely hounds then stood on its hind legs and rested its paws and claws on my horse's shoulder because it was wanting a biscuit from me, which is what they're supposed to do. My horse then just erupted. Like, Jesus Christ, he's <laughs> gonna eat me next, you know? So he absolutely exploded in the air, whereupon the saddle swiveled round <laughs> to underneath his tummy, sort of ejecting me as it happened. So I had no control over how I was falling. Normally you'd go into a, roll into a ball, but I just landed in a sitting, with my legs out in front of me, position, and then, ding, and hamstrings just went. But of course, I had to then start it out, and I'm fine, there's nothing to see here. Tighten the girth up, <laughs> get back on the horse, carry on with the day. Every jump was like damaging this injury more and more, you could feel it. So by the end of the day, I was incapable of driving or anything. You rode the whole day? Yeah. That way, it lasts about three hours. Um, so, um, yeah, then I, somebody, I think my dad, bless him, he appeared out of nowhere to take me to hospital because um, Lynn had just given birth to Murphy. She was six weeks old and Lynn couldn't drive because of the nasties that go on when you have a baby. <laughs> um, and she got a six-week-old baby to look after, so then, yeah. Anyway, I, I thought, I've shattered my thigh bone, I'm sure I have which my first aid training does tell me is life-threatening, but... <laughs> I thought, well, can we can't be Yeah, it is. It's because you, you lose so much blood, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's another, I had one of those, um... three years ago. Uh, a guy fell. Um, so was this someone you were teaching? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, he, that was annoying, because I don't like to have my phone on me when I'm teaching because it's unprofessional if it rings, blah, blah, blah. So I left my phone in the car, but this, unless I'm in the middle of nowhere. And although this is a, this, this guy's private house, the field in which they ride is actually in the middle of nowhere, but I hadn't got my phone with me. Anyway, he had a, uh, did a, a clumsy jump, which freaked the horse out, which meant the horse then just bolted as fast as it could go across the, the paddock straight towards a four foot high post and rail fence. And I thought, oh shit, so this is, I don't know what's going to happen here, but it's not going to be nice. If the horse jumps this jump, the guy who's a beginner, he's not going to make it. If the horse runs through the fence, people are going to get impaled. Um, but he didn't, at the very last minute, the horse swerved to avoid the fence, cannoning the guy into the fence, obviously. And um, that snapped his neck of femur. I never heard of it. NOF, neck of femur snapped. So, and I'm there with no phone, and he, you could see him bleeding out. Um, um, but it all got. Uh, I managed to. I just said to him, "Don't move. Not that you can." And sprinted off. And then there was a groom in the yard. Said, ambulance! Ambulance! Straight away. Um, and unfortunately, I should have. I should have made the call because. Um, rather than the groom, because it was an air ambulance that was needed, I know, and I've had them before, but 
um, this was a, just a normal ambulance because so it took him quite a while, but he was he was fine. Wow. Mm. Mm. I'm not good with blood. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you couldn't see any blood. No, I know. It was just an awe on So, uh, yeah, move on from that. <laughs> so, you d- do you mainly teach then, or do you? Because I know you've done schooling with us. Um, yeah. So, do you do? Is it kind of a similar? It, it used to be a 50 50 split. 50% of the clients would be me training the horse and 50% training the rider. Yeah. But if the way things just so I now turn down the opportunities to ride naughty horses. Yeah. Um, I've got other people that I can send them on to. Um, so really, as a result of that, it's now about twenty-five percent of the horses I ride, and so it might be even twenty percent now that I ride, which is fine, and eighty percent of them is teaching. Mm. Because yeah, after a lifetime of teaching, my hips are. Complaining, yeah. um, <laughs> um, which is just that's uh, occupational hazard. Yeah. Yeah. So I sort of stopped riding wide ones as well because it's just becoming un, un, unbearable. Um, but yeah, so teaching is the main thing now. So really busy at the moment. Yeah, crazy busy. Um, yeah, which is. Is obviously that's good, but I'm quite happy to slow down now, but that isn't really happening. Um, although I do, yeah, I do try to not take any bookings for a Sunday, and I've never, I've never worked Mondays. That's always been the historical day off for horse people. So yeah, I'm trying to get it now, so I have two days off a week, which is, I've not ever had before. Is it mainly people who've got their own horses then, or do you, do you go to? to go to um, livery yards and schools? I don't go to riding schools, which is where the horses are owned by the establishment yeah. and Joe Public come in and have a lesson on them. But livery yards are where the horses are all privately owned. Um, and especially in Surrey, the norm is if you own, privately own a horse, you have an instructor helps you with it usually once a week yeah often sometimes once a fortnight um so that is my job going around surrey to all different livery stables where i've you know got a um what do you call it a caseload anyway caseload (laughs) (laughs) so quite often it's one uh, you know one client is at one yard and then I'll forget in the car and go and teach another person somewhere else, etc. Some 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 livery yards that are big ones. There's one in Effingham, um, uh, where I might do three people in a row. Yeah. Which is quite good. And another another yard in Elstead where um, I do three or sometimes four in a row. Um, uh, yeah, but usually it's just individual individual people, and I don't. Oh, sometimes I might teach two people together at the same time. And then I do have connections with the riding club, or a couple of riding clubs, that um, employ me to do a, what they call a clinic, which is a group lesson of like 
four, five, six individuals of a similar standard to do a jumping lesson or that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, um, and then, yes, off the back of the riding club involvement, so that must be 12, 13 years ago, they asked if I could put together a weekend camp based at my house. Yeah. Um, and using neighbours' facilities as well. Um, so that started off for nine, nine of the sort of committee members in a circle having a lovely weekend and don't tell anybody <laughs> we're doing it. But that, and it went really well. Um, and that has now sort of evolved. So I now do three camps in the summer. So three weekends of 20 people in each one. So that's like having a livery yard again. <laughs> So they but only for a weekend, suddenly having 20 horses, 20 owners pitch up and having to cater for them and keep everyone happy and, and teach them all weekend. And so what, do they camp there then? Yeah, yeah. With tents? Yeah, a lot of them bring tents and a lot of them have got quite fancy horse boxes, which, you know, they love to go and have a weekend away in their fancy horse box and cook bacon and eggs on their fancy oven and stuff like that. Yeah, a little bit of champagne in the evening. That was a lot, yeah, the empties they produce. <laughs> it's incredible. I have to go around family and friends asking, can I use their recycling bin? Because mine's full. Um, but it's a hoot, it's good, it's good fun actually. It's exhausting, but it's, it's nice, all these happy people. And so do you put, do all the horses stay out then for the weekend? Yeah, I'm, I construct um, out of electric fencing um, a, a paddock little pen for each horse, which would be like the size of a tennis court, something like that. Um, so each horse is, is individual, um, so there's no kicking and biting and squealing and people, a horse getting to, too close to one another. Um, yeah, that's the single most important thing to do, um, is to construct these pens and then go around with my electric fence tester to check that every single strand of wire has 6,000 volts going through it. <laughs> <laughs> So I've touched wood again, and I've never had a breakout because that could be carnage. Because, yeah, in the same field, there are 20 people camping, and we've got gazebos up and campfire, and the horse trailer gets turned into a little bathroom with a chemical loo in it, and lots of bunting. <laughs> it's all good fun. <laughs> Horses running free. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> Firmly contained horses. And then also you've been doing the, the Dorman's Land show. Yes, yeah. So how did that all come Dorman's about? Dorman's Land Horse and Dog Show. Yes. Yeah. First weekend in September. Make a date. <laughs> <laughs> is, it still, is it happening next year? Next year, yes, 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 yeah. yes it will, yeah. So yeah, the local village horse and dog show to where I live um, it's been running 80 years, yes, today. Yeah, this year was its 80th anniversary, wasn't it? Yeah, yes, it yeah. was. Um, so it must be about 15 years ago, I was asked by my chiropodist, as you do, um, would I judge um, at the show, because they needed a judge. Yeah. Um, so, of course, I said yes, and it was raising money for local charities, and that's what the chiropodist was on the committee. Yeah. Um, so, and 
Yeah, I've always had for every year. I've had a nice jolly time judging there, and Lynn has always come along to be my steward. Um, was it always judging the same kind of horses? Yes, I think it was. I, I had Ring 5 or whatever, which was eight classes. Um, and I, yeah, they were, yeah, nothing ever changed with that show. They were the same eight classes, from ranging from Little Hairy Pony up to gorgeous Arabian horses or whatever, but, and a class for each. Um, um, yeah, eight different types of horses. And actually a couple of classes were more for the riders, you know, what, showing off their special skills, whatever. Um, so that was that, um, and then must be three years ago. Um, I got a letter saying that they're terribly sorry, but they were not going to be holding the show this year because there weren't enough people on the committee to run it, um, and it looked like this might be the end of the show because there's nobody coming forward. So. Off the back of that, both Lynn Murphy and I said, well, we'll come on the committee and help you run it, because it's, su it's such a lovely show, and it's been going for so long, and the community like it. Um, so we got on board with the committee, and then a couple of our friends also joined, um, one of which has used to run the riding club horse show, um, and another just loves horses and is an accountant. So she was quite good to have on board. So um, so we thought, right, well, we can, you know, it can all go ahead. But so we met with the existing members of the committee, the original, which were now down to just two, two ladies. Yeah. So we all went round to their house and, you know, anyway, they said, look, I think it's really better that we don't have the show still. We don't have the show this year. Maybe, you know, go for next year. Um, because we want out anyway. So, in other words, here you are, off you go, <laughs> off you, go you little group of five of us. Oh no, one other lady came out of the woodwork from somewhere, so there were six of us from nowhere. Um, off you go and run a show, and um, and they, they, they did a runner, and they were, would, didn't offer to give us any sort of help or assistance at all. In fact, they were a bit obstructive about the money that was remaining in the bank account. Right, yeah. Which is only £2,000, but that's just the right amount of money to have as a buffer. Yeah. So you can book stuff and pay, put deposits down, and any other profit goes to charity. So it's not about making a massive, fat, healthy bank, sum in the bank account. Um, but yeah, they basically said, no, you can't, we're not going to authorise you having this money because um, we, they, we haven't convinced them about what our financial plan was going to be. And but they were walking away from it. That's... Yeah, exactly. So it was all a bit strange. Um, so we thought, well, do you know what, it's better if... if... So they took the £2,000 and gave it to charity which is fine, and that meant that we didn't have to speak to them again or, or answer to them and defend what we might do with this £2,000. But the pressure was totally on us to make it a success, <laughs> which it was. It was an outrageous success. So um, um, mostly by getting sponsors, such as your good self, yeah. um, and... Um, a lot more, we've got a lot more um, storeholders and 
catering outlets than they had in previous years. And we basically made the whole show appear a lot more up to date yeah. by the getting two of the team our uh, social media whizzes. So it's all over Facebook and Instagram and all that sort of thing, which is brilliant. And they, uh, another two, one of them and, and the treasurer lady managed to sort out so all entries and stuff could be done online, which is what people want these days, um, rather than queue up at the secretary's tent and give them your grubby fibres, which still happens, but the Tell bulk of the entries are done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, you're there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the first show was a, a, a really good shot in the arm for all of us because it was a financial real success. So was that the one in, that was 2019, was it? 2019, yeah. Yes, it was, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we managed, it made a profit of £4,000. Excellent. Yeah, which is good. So we kept that treasured £2,000 that were taken away from us, kept that in the bank account, and then divvied up the 2000 to charity. Yeah. Um, and then it grew m even more for this, this year. So this, this year was huge, wasn't it? This I mean, year was huge, you, which meant... Do you know what you've made this year? Yeah. Um, we... Well, we, uh, I can't remember the figure now, oh, we haven't had our meeting, that's why. But we were able to give 4000 to charity. Excellent. And still got the 2000 in the bank. So, um, yeah, so I don't know the actual, what the actual profit was, but we managed to double what we've given away, which is, so it's four charities, and they each got £1,000, and they were, we got really nice letters from them all, expressing their gratitude, it's been very tough, times have been tough. Yeah, and the one, of, one of which is obviously the air ambulance, because I have a, <laughs> I have a frequent user of your services. <laughs> I feel like I was. <laughs> I got accosted in a Tesco's car park the other day by a um, air ambulance promotional guy. You would I want to standing order for eight pounds a month to go into their lottery? So uh, actually, it was it was a couple of weeks before the horse show, and it was in Lingfield where I was accosted, and I said, "No, I, I don't want to." join your scheme. I said, although I am very grateful for your services, I've never used them a lot. <laughs> yeah. What? How come? I said, I'm a horse instructor. Um, I said, but we are raising money at our horse show round the corner next week. So, you know, he was, well, that's amazing. Thank you so much. So yeah, it's a great good. show, though. It's, mm. yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, it's interesting. So looking at, looking at from, the point of view of, of going to shows and and entering and then being being on the other side of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. There's so much mm. work goes into it. Mm. It is. Yeah, it's amazing how much work goes in. But it is good. I, it's good to be to put all that work in. Yeah. Because you do feel every little you know decision like this fence post I think should go here. No, no, no. Left a bit. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That. You know, all the minute detail. It all adds to the. Um, yeah, the slickness of it and the satisfaction of when it's gone well. Yeah. And it's nice getting people together as well, you know, friends you've maybe not seen for mm. Mm. for a while. Particularly last year, everyone being locked down for yeah. 2020. Yeah. Because it didn't happen in 2020, did it? No. No, that was a, just a no-brainer. I think lockdown had just been, just finished, hadn't it? But 
it was too risky to book all the things and uh, all the, the infrastructure. Um, and then to be told, oh no, you're locked down again. And people confused about the tiers and all that sort of thing. And yeah, it was a challenge, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the numbers that could congregate, etc., etc. So yeah, in both years we've been blessed with good weather, which is amazing weather. That helps. Yeah. It often is though. First, first September, first Sunday in September. Amazing night. So next year. Yeah. First. Yeah. <laughs> Bring your dog. Excellent, because yeah, it is dogs as well, yeah. horses and dogs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. the dog show was, um, that was outstanding success, financially. Yeah. Uh, 650 quid, uh, two pounds a class for entry. That's so, a lot, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, so yeah, but they're going to put the rates up next year. Probably a pound. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that, that's what, committee meetings are for, so we, yeah, we were supposed to have our debriefing, um, last month, I think it was last month, but then everyone got a bit nervous about Covid and then somebody else didn't, or whatever, so we're having it, I think January, so then Nikki comes along with all her sheet of figures and Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great, it's a great day out. Mm. Definitely go. Thank you for your help. Yeah. Well, you know, I, it's great fun being involved with it. It's like bringing in your hay. Like what? What's? Oh happening? yeah, yeah. You, I, just feel, I don't know how I get away with it. I ask my friends to do all these things and keep asking, <laughs> and none of them tell me to bug off. Well, because it's it's just such good fun. I suppose it's different, isn't it? It is. And, yeah. Yeah, the haymaking was, um, well, that's really crucial to us at home. So we've got a four-acre field that makes all the hay. We hope it makes all the hay that we need to feed our horses through the winter. Yeah. And it, it's a very economical way of doing it. Um, but the jeopardy is, if that hay gets rained on, then it's useless and you've got to dispose of it somehow still pay the bill to the trap contractor um, and then still buy in a load of hay so you you know it could be very a big you know expensive Does that happened then before no uh well one time it happened yeah so that's why and you never know you never know what day it is that he's <laughs> going to turn into bales and has to come in because he doesn't know till he wakes up in the morning so that's why i have to frantically phone around <laughs> it's now it's come so people like you, obviously, in mail, it's always after work. Yeah. So, okay, they're going to be here at 6.30. Right, okay. It's going to rain at 9 o'clock, but it, it's fine. And we've always done it, which yeah, is great. Yeah. Always done it. I've got a photograph somewhere of our old Jeep with one of your massive trailers attached to it. Oh, yes, yes. It yeah. just piled up with... Yeah, where did I get that trailer from? I don't know, but... Yeah. It, it was that nearly didn't work, did it? The trailer not fit. Didn't the trailer nearly pull the jeep down? Or I don't think we so. had to load the back of the trailer only. I seem to remember to it took it quite well. Some, uh, yeah. But it was a hilarious picture yeah. of the all loaded up with yeah. Oh, I've seen it. Bales. But then it, so it was um, a few years back. Now um, it did go wrong. So it was the day for turning it into bales, 
and again, as every year, it's going to really rain at nine o'clock. Uh, okay, no problem. And then it hammered it down at six o'clock instead. Yeah. So it was not doable. Um, and it basically, that was quite late in the year as well, so the sun never really had much heat to it, etc. So um, I thought we thought we were going to lose it all in the field, but it did dry out a little bit. And then I said to the guy, well, why don't you just wrap it up in plastic and see if it turns into haylage or silage, um, which he did. And it turned out fabulous, which is jammy. Um, and yeah, none of this jeopardy of getting all your friends in and get the hay in and it's all fraud because it's just all wrapped in plastic anyway. And it just, he just stacks it up in like a, call it the great wall of haylage. So did you do that field. every year? No? Yeah, yeah. Um, because, um, yeah, at the time, one of my horses coughed badly if it had dry hay because of the dust in it. So that meant, because the horses all live as one, that all of the hay had to be soaked for all of the horses. Um, well, if you've got haylage that's much damper, more higher moisture content, um, you don't have to soak it at all. So it was like, oh, this is so much easier not shoving two bales of hay into a bath full of cold water every day <laughs> and then serving it up. Um, it was all there sort of ready done. So does it keep as long though, with it being a bit more moist? Yeah, yeah, keeps for a good year, providing the, um, the plastic wrapping isn't compromised. Um, yeah, which one time I, because we have sheep as well to breed lambs from, um, I borrowed a friend's ram um, um, and he had horns and I never really figured it, but <laughs> he went along and punctured a whole load of these, these big round bales of three foot round bales of haylage just by having a scratch, scratch on it. So. Um, so you have to sort of run around urgently with gaffer tape and try and cover up these holes and hope that too much air hasn't got in. But a good amount of each of those bales was lost to rot just because of three or four hours of contact with air. So, um, yeah, I didn't borrow that ram again. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's wrap up. Yeah, we better, because my battery's run out. Yeah, what time is it? Wow. Five to five. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. Well, thank you very much for your time. Well, it's been fun and different and a pleasure. Yeah. Well, it's been, yeah, good to... And I look forward to the hearing the finished cut. I don't think I'm going to edit it. I'm just going to leave yeah. it as it is. <laughs> no, your, your, um, your listeners will nod it off to sleep. <laughs> well, who cares? Uh, yeah. Well, thank you very much, Jonathan. Pleasure. Pleasure. Thanks, Ford. Oh, Ford and Ford.